This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, June 11th, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, extraordinaire, <laughs> Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, the reason why we are recording at the wrong time this week. Shut your face. Artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Shut your face. You need to tell the whole story, too. Were you doing something real fancy? Here's... No, you need to tell the whole story. Here's the reason. It's a, you know... It's worth it, though. It's worth it. But the the risk you have in scheduling when you have famous artists on your podcast is that sometimes they got to shoot music videos instead of recording the podcast. So (laughs) today, hey, am I telling a lie? Don't forget that you're like, yo, we got to push the podcast back an hour. (laughs) You let that part out. (laughs) Uh You let that part out. So I... Everything was scheduled perfectly <laughs> on my end, and then you that guys was, said, that was my fault. That was my fault. But it wasn't an hour. It was like twenty minutes. I get I get some music video shoots are just immovable. You know? Immovable. I, I get that you know, you can't have you know, Derek's you got out there. He's got a craft. He's got craft services. He's got directors. He's got oh, yeah. lighting yeah. guys. He can't have them just sitting around. No. You know, time is money. Money is time. Yeah. So here's the dear listener. Here's why I even mentioned that is because normally we record midweek, giving our our trusted producer Clark plenty of time to clean up all the horrible things that go wrong. When we get together. Okay. So you get a listenable finished product, a lovely, encouraging, sometimes funny, listenable, clean, listenable podcast. Clean, explicit all the things. It's good to it's go. It's not relevant after dark. <laughs> it's good to go. Safe for little ears most of the time, unless Jesse gets going on, <laughs> on enterprising love makers. But, but today we're recording right before we post it. So, so, yeah. so Clark has got maybe. Maybe one pass, <laughs> one quick pass. So it's going to be great. But just in case it's not great. Oh, he's wearing a sorry shirt. He's wearing a sorry shirt. Yeah. I, I got a good feel. I feel like <laughs> Dude, I wear that I shirt like every this, week, man. Every week. I, wear I feel that like shirt. this is a squad. I feel like this is a squad that performs a little bit better when the heat is on. Under the pressure. You know I mean? Yeah. It's like. It's like when you see like a basketball team come out and they're a little hobbled, you know, they're a little nicked up, yeah. you know, they, 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 they really got to dig deep and right. it's more, but it's March Madness. Okay. <laughs> you don't have time to spend the normal time that you do in that ice yeah. tank, exactly. like, you know, yeah, you gotta recovering. Go. You got to right. put the rally cap on and, and, and just do this thing, you know, right. hamstrings be darned. Let's do it, guys. That's the theme of today's show. Hamstrings be darned. Hey, we do have a great show in store for you. Uh, Coming up later, we talked to one of my spiritual heroes. Uh, Christine Kane is on the show today. And um, also, you know, a lot of times we have artists on and stuff. And so, you know, we're highlighting big new albums and things like that. We have an artist coming up on the show today who's a friend. And the story behind this project is super cool. Phil LaRue is joining us. Uh, He has a new single out that we want you guys to hear. And that's really what it is. He was uh, full full context as Phil was on our Wyoming trip with us. Right. And he's his life has been 
a wild ride over the last few years. We'll just put it that way. And we're sitting around the campfire one night and he's, he's telling the story of, of what's gone on in his life. And he sadly went through a divorce and then found an amazing, he found love again and got married. And he's telling us this whirlwind, crazy romance story. And he's like, you know, I actually just wrote some songs about it. You want to hear them? And I'm telling you, he put them on and they are some of the best songs I've heard in a long time. And, and it's just incredible. And we're like, let's get these songs on the podcast and have Phil yeah. come on and tell us about them. So Phil LaRue is coming up later. I can't wait for you to hear these the, the music that he's making right now. It's really cool. So he's fire. He's fire. He's great, dude. And, and did I, see, Derek, is it too, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to, to <laughs> reveal this, but was he involved with these music video shoots that were, you know, um, uh, the group chat? There, there, there may know. be a uh, Phil LaRue sighting in, in, in one of my music videos. I sent a picture to the group oh chat. Oh my gosh, it's, this is like on my bucket list. I want to be in a music video, Derek. Pull up. We, we Hey, you coming to the pop-up. Maybe we'll, maybe you'll do it. You don't want Phil's role because the picture that was sent was like, you remember that scene in Dumb and Dumber where there's two grown men on a little scooter? Yes, that's my favorite. Phil Phil was driving the little scooter and Derek Miner, who is not a small man, was riding strapped around oh Phil. Gosh. That was the picture. So First I don't think off, you want. this scooter is just too little for me. Yeah. Like, it's just too little for me. It was a full-size Vespa. Just FYI, it was a full size Vespa. It's not like the little Dumb and Dumber scooter. It's just a normal now, Italian. Now I'm gonna send a picture to the to the group chat. Derek, I have a question. Was this right. was was the scooter is is the scooter in the music video or is that Phil's transportation to the? It, music was, video? it was from the like the dressing room. That was over just to him the going set. to lunch. It, it, may, it may or may not be in the yeah. video. Well, you just gotta yeah. watch the video. That's yeah. funny. Oh, when does I got this video come out, Derek? How long does how long does a video take? This is awesome. How long? How long does it take? When are we going to see this? I don't know. Uh, well, hopefully, end of the month. So they they uh, they got uh, everything's cut. So then hopefully they'll get to editing and and you know my editors are pretty quick. Assuming your videographers don't get robbed. Oh but, yeah, this is the second uh, pass at this oh, video. Oh, the same so video it, that you tried uh, to do before. Yeah, if this one doesn't come out, then guys, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, it's not in God's will. <laughs> this one will. come out. God's seriously going, Derek, yeah. stop it. You know, like Derek, God yeah. is there's different strategy. There's a different <laughs> strategy for marketing this song. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's that's what it is. All right. Yep. Well, we also have a game coming up at the end of the show that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, I, I, I guess I should also tell listeners because we had to move the recording time because of the rock star on the cast, because we had to move it. We lost Tyler Huckabee. He's on vacation today. So we have no relevant news. And, uh, but he did write the game at the end of the show. Oh, so good. It's a Tyler game. Oh, sure. I'm sure he punished yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's actually really funny. Um, okay. So there you go. Stay tuned up next. It's slices. listening to churches and robert smith the song is how not to drown just swim keep swimming well today's broadcast is brought to you by literally my favorite luggage brand away 
Away is a modern lifestyle brand that creates thoughtful products for every traveler and every kind of trip. They started with the perfect suitcase, which I have, uh, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now when travel looks more different than ever, you can count on Away's range of suitcases, bags, and accessories whenever you take that next trip. I took my Away bag to our Wyoming trip and I am excited about all of the other adventures planned for this summer with Away. Uh, so whether it's a trip around the corner, a weekend away, or an extended stay with friends and family, we're all navigating the current reality of travel. All of Away's suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with durable exteriors that can even withstand the roughest of baggage handlers. Best of all, if any part of your suitcase breaks, Away's standout customer service team will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. And get this, there's also a 100-day trial on everything they make. You can take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. Away offers free shipping and returns on any order within the US, UK, Europe, and Canada. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash relevant. That's Away travel.com slash relevant okay it's time for slices man look at that played live too because you can't do it in post we're just we're like a morning zoo crew radio yeah. show right now we got the sound effects we're going live with it the other thing too like i love i love relevant news and obviously i i, I love tyler deeply yeah but deeply. you know this just just this does just feel like a breezy sort of, you know, just a different different vibe yeah. today. It's a little later in the week. It's a little closer to Friday. Not covering a lot of hard news, playing games, chopping it up <laughs> with Phil LaRue. I mean, we spent quite a bit of time on mopeds this morning already. <laughs> I just feel like this is kind of a, a breezy fun. It's like a time. fun morning show. Drive to work. Drive, drive hour. Yeah. A little behind the scenes about Phil LaRue is he's a very good looking individual. We'll just we can yeah. say that he's a good looking yeah. guy, right? Very handsome man, and he's aware, I think, of how good looking he is. Because when we were in Wyoming, I don't think I saw him wear a shirt. You know, oh, like, he was I guns out. Shirt. He was the guy. I don't the guy know in the group. There's always a, a guy in the group. Yeah, I don't know if he brought a shirt. <laughs> TSA. I mean, when I saw him in the airport, he was just cruising right through. So he had a mask, but no shirt. No shirt. So so yesterday, Tyler was recording this conversation that you'll hear later, and and I tried to call Tyler, and he's like, "Hey, I'm on with Phil Larue right now," and I just texted as a joke, tell him to put a shirt on. And so then Tyler calls me back a little while later, and I go, "Hey, did you tell him put a shirt on?" It's like an inside joke from our trip, and he goes. Yeah, I told him. Apparently, though, during their interview, he was wearing a shirt that was not buttoned. Oh. And so <laughs> Phil actually recorded this half shirtless. And so when Tyler said, hey, put your shirt on, he thought it was actually me telling him to tell Phil to put his shirt on like I knew somehow <laughs> that he had his chest exposed. So Phil LaRue does not like uh, top half clothing is what we're yeah. learning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, each is each his own, you know. All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, I have a piece of news that confirms what uh, many people who've attended a Thanksgiving dinner in the last five or six years. I thought you were going to bring all the UFO stuff that you were texting all week. 
I mean, mean, I can. I feel like I can. Did they release it? I mean, listen, Cameron, I can bail. I I can give you a quick, I can give you a quick overview of this slice and just go to the UFO revelations if you want. Do it, do it, do it. We don't have relevant news, so you can do the UFO thing as a pseudo relevant news. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up my text thread just so I, I, uh, (laughs) literally, it was was a whole thread. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, all right, so I was going to bring a slice, and I'm glad Cameron called the Audible, because I really wanted to bring the UFO stuff again, <laughs> because I feel like it's super interesting. Derek, <laughs> me, and Cameron, and a couple dudes, uh, when we were in Wyoming, had a long conversation, and I laid out my theory of what's happening, and I feel like I presented a pretty compelling case, but I have more evidence that my theory is mm. right. Oh. And no one in the media is talking about this. No one in the media, it, it seems to be, you know looking at what's hiding in plain sight, okay? So I'm going to get to that. But first, I was going to say, that I, the other piece I was going to bring is a study that confirms what anyone who's gone uh, to their parents' house for dinner in the last five or six years. I'm not talking about my parents. My parents are pretty laid back, but you, you get it. You guys have, yeah. have converted with friends of uh, the social circles that are a little bit older. I'll just read a paragraph, and I won't get into the details. You can go read it for yourself, because we're going to talk <laughs> UFOs. We're going to talk about them aliens. Um, but I'm going to read, I'm going to just get a quote one line from the Business Insider recap of this uh, a study that ran in the Journal of Psychology and Aging. A new study suggests that contrary to popular belief, millennials aren't more sensitive than the baby boomer generation. In fact, it's the other way around. So what? if anyone's calling all these young people <laughs> snowflakes, data suggests it's, it's the other way around. That actually, millennials are pretty chill about stuff compared to boomers. And they said this. So shout out to Gen Z and then I'll pivot to aliens. Uh, one of the leading uh, 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 researchers with the project said this. Based on our study, there's weak evidence to suggest that this younger generation is the worst in human history. So you hear that? Gen Z, you're not the worst. Not, <laughs> not the worst. human history. Hey. Like, Congrats. And I'm pretty sure that guy, I'm pretty sure that guy, the way he worded it, you yeah. know, like, oh, well, yeah, he's not definitely the a millennial. Yeah. He's definitely a millennial. I was going to say, or he's the boomer. Yeah. He's the oversensitive oh. boomer. Like, well, look, our data says they're not as sensitive, but we'll just say this. They're not the worst ever to be born in the history of humanity. So, anyway. Also, how would they know that, right? How, do, how, how would they determines. ever be able to quantify that? Yeah. yeah. And how yeah. do we know what generations were like before, uh, you know, 100 years ago? You know what I mean? Like, come yeah. on. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I wanted to. to this is, I, I, and I'm so glad, Cameron, you brought this up because <laughs> I have, listen, wanting, I haven't ever received a text string as long as this one from you. So this is something you're very passionate about. You know what I mean? Normally your texts are fairly brief, normal, you know, whatever. This was like one night. So. Yeah, okay. please, so, please tell so, the world. So, so, so to recap, you know, we're the the world is anxiously awaiting the official release from the Pentagon. And, and by the time this drops, we could get this Which, release because it could come any My son, Caden, my oldest, is anxiously awaiting. Like he checked on like June first or something, and it wasn't there. He's waiting, so he's he's well, here. Well, well, tell t- t- tell him to to uh, tam- temper his expectations <laughs> and listen to this slice okay, instead, okay. because <laughs> don't believe what they're going to. So, uh, you know, a quick recap. Uh, in a, a legislative bill, um, since there were these leaks of uh, what appeared to be unidentified flying objects performing uh, unexplainable aerial maneuvers, that uh, including going underwater and coming back from the air without disrupting the surface of the water, some really bizarre stuff that was captured on cameras of like 
uh, fighter jets and really sophisticated uh, military defense systems were leaked late last year. Lawmakers uh, put a provision in, I believe it was one of the COVID uh, aid bills that the Pentagon had until this summer to disclose what they know about what these objects are. Um, Well, a lot of that report has already been leaked or at least people with knowledge of the report are leaking kind of high-level overviews. And it's basically what they are saying is that don't get your hopes up too much for this report because uh, it's essentially the Pentagon using that emoji of like the shrugging, like, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) you know? Like, remember, remember Michael Jordan's like assistant in the yeah, last yeah. dance when he beats him yeah. at coins yeah. and he just yeah. and he just does a Michael Jordan shrug like, I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> That's basically what the Pentagon is doing in this report. They're saying, hey, this stuff's out there. We don't know what it is. Here's what we know. So a lot of the speculation has obviously gone, well, it's got to be aliens and they're zooming around. Our government doesn't know. Nobody knows what these aliens want. They're zipping around. Well, I proposed a theory on this podcast that I think it's actually advanced aerospace technology from domestic black projects that our military, or at least portions of our military, knows a lot about already. But in order to keep this technology secret and hidden from our adversaries and kind of keeping our uh, uh, actual military capabilities secret for security reasons are allowing the public to sort of perpetuate their own theories about what these things are uh, Mm -hmm. in order to kind of shroud the the real technology with secrecy as a Mm -hmm. security measure. So that's been my theory. And I've been doing some deep diving just independently, okay? And I've come across some pretty compelling evidence. Like off of a high dive? Like into a pool or like into Stop a lake? It. Oh. Stop they, it. Into the news. He said he was doing deep dive. It's summer. Into I don't know. News. I thought he was going to I, another direction. You're not going to believe it. I found <laughs> I found a USB drive at the bottom of the swimming pool. <laughs> and and I, swung it in. I was like, the answers. So Pentagon official. I've been doing so some Pentagon deep official diving. Pentagon official was on the high yeah. dive before me. This is like right out of Next that little know. netted pocket. <laughs> that little netted pocket inside, so just, you know. Money falls baby out. Baby suits that like USBs. older dudes wear. It just slipped right through the netting. Just slipped right through. That Netted, by the way, dudes. What's up with that netted underwear? You know, what I'm saying know. In, in, in baby well, so suits. So the water can flow yeah, out. I don't get it. And so the water mm-hmm. can flow but out. I know you some people. Mm-hmm. I won't name names. Cut it out because they don't like it in there. Your husband. Mm. I mean, I I don't know, <laughs> but, but I don't know. So maybe the people can just cut it out if they don't like it. Okay, Jesse. Before you go into your theory, so what you're saying yes. is the government is saying let the people keep talking. Like, let them keep believing right. there's UFOs, but it's really us. UFOs. Is that your theory? Right. It, it, my theory. Yeah, okay, exactly. Got it. Exactly. And they and I my other part of my theory is that because uh, uh, evidence of this technology is actually been widely available for a long time, that they've actually released more evidence in hopes that it will be mixed in with uh, kind of disinformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have this this uh, uh, former Pentagon official who's. Uh, credibility, but also credentials are being, you know, constantly called into question. Lewis 
uh, Elizondo, um, uh, who is sort of the former Pentagon official perpetuating a lot of the information that is leading people to believe it's aliens. They're allowing that all to go on. So it just creates mass sort of confusion. But I've started doing a deep dive and I, I came across some really interesting things. And I want to start off with uh, a really small story. I mean, this is probably a 600 word story. Cameron, this would be. I can't unhear. I can't unhear the fact that you were doing a deep dive and came across some really interesting things like at the bottom of the pool. Like I just. Can you use a different phrase? Because I keep picturing you. Okay. Swimming. I go down a rabbit hole. Go. I go down a rabbit hole. How's that? I start Googling. It's not as. It's not as sexy when it says I'm up at 1 a.m. Googling by myself. Okay. It sounds way cooler when you yeah. think I am like actually sleuthing around. Like if I had like one of those little flashlights in my mouth and I'm like rifling through a file cabinet at the Pentagon late at night, you know, before I yeah. have to like hide in the closet and I'm like, oh no, they're on to me. And it's just the janitor mopping in the hall. Okay, come on guys, get back out. It's just the janitor. And we start going through the files. That sounds way cooler yeah. Yeah. than to say I'm, I'm up at, at, at two a.m. Yeah. Uh, uh, Googling because I can't sleep. Um, but I came across an article that if, you know, Cameron in, margaz- in magazine parlance would probably be a front matter item. It's around, sure. um, you know, 600 words. Yeah, it's kind, kind of, of a blurb. A th- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not kind of a throwaway piece um, yeah. that included sketches of actual patents that were uh, 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 filed by the or were declassified from the Pentagon years ago. So this was a front matter item that ran in an issue of Wired magazine in 2012. So a full decade ago before anyone was really thinking about taking UFOs seriously. Um, and so this this was declassified and was found in the National Archives. And what it c- contains is actual sketches and drawings of details of a, a military project that was uh, uh, underway in the 1950s. These sketches and kind of plans uh, uh, date back to the 1950s. And they called it Project... If anyone's curious to doing some independent research on this, uh, it's called Project 19... I'm sorry, Project 1794. And basically what it proposes is that in 1956, the uh, U.S. Air Force was contracted to create a new aviation technology that was basically... Uh, flying saucer technology. Um, So I want to read a quick blurb from this Wired Magazine blurb. If the plans that follow through uh, to completion, they would have created a saucer that could spin through the Earth's stratosphere at an average top speed of 200 and, uh, or 2,600 miles per hour. Wow. wow. It was designed to take off and land vertically using propulsion jets to control and stabilize the aircraft. Admittedly, the range of 1,000 nautical miles seems to be limited in comparison to other specifications, but if you hopped on the disc in New York, if it could have had you in Miami in 24 minutes. Okay, so this technology sounds a lot like what they're encountering in the skies over current military bases. And when you see the actual sketches, which again, these are available online, they were declassified over a decade ago, okay? So this this technology has sort of been hiding in plain sight for more than a decade. Now, according to official government uh, documents, the they ended up canning the project um, uh, not long after it got underway. And here's the reason, okay? So you guys tell me if that if that checks out. The cost of continuing the prototype was estimated at over $3 million, um, and it was just too expensive for them to continue. 
Three million bucks? Are you kidding me? The government, the the, the military, we just will gave spend, out we just one point two trillion yeah. three times. <laughs> well, that was nineteen fifty six money too, and we didn't have the military budget back then that we do now. You know what I mean? Well, well yeah. So that translates for so that translates to about twenty six million dollars of current military budget. I mean, they have toilets. That we don't believe that. you. You need yeah. more people. One yeah. single fighter jet right now. A single fu- with using conventional technology costs hundreds of millions of dollars okay mm-hmm. like and we have countless uh, fighter jets in our in our air force so mm-hmm. the 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 idea that they canned this project that would have absolutely game-changing aer- aerospace technology in our fingertips they they just say they canned it uh uh because it, it was too expensive when you know observably that seems to be not a barrier for new technological inv- uh, innovations with um, the military, aerospace yeah. technology. Here's my theory that if we know that the government was experimenting with this technology in the 1950s, they got so far down the line that they at least thought it was theoretically possible to create a craft that could take off and land vertically and could get passengers safely from New York to Miami in under 25 minutes. That's with 1950s era technology. Okay. That's we insane. We, okay. I, I said this in the car to the guys. They, this is how rapidly aerospace technology evolves. Okay, you could be, you could have been alive, right? You'd have been young, but you could have been alive when the Wright brothers took their little hang glider off the Kitty Hawk in Sand Dune for humanity's hmm. first flight. Which I, I live close to Kitty Hawk. I've been on a thousand field trips there. It's not that impressive. You, you could huck a, a disc golf frisbee as far as the Wright brothers get, literally <laughs> off the top of that sand dune. Okay, it is not that impressive. That could have happened in your lifetime, and you could have also witnessed humanity landing on the surface of the moon. Okay, so if you think that in they one lifetime, in Phoenix, Arizona, a, 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 a sixty, yeah, a sixty-year period, we go from barely being able to lift off a sand dune to being able to get to the moon. It's been more time has passed since that. More time passed b- between now and the 1950s when these patents were first filed then passed between the Wright brothers taking off on the moon. So you're mm-hmm. telling me that with the 1950s technology that was in development at the time, it was kind of mysteriously just sort of mm-hmm. uh, ceased that it, you know, that it, we, they just pulled the plug on it. It seems mm-hmm. much more plausible to me that advanced aerospace technology has been in development for decades. It got to the point where they had to make the decision whether this will be publicly released technology or they would keep it secret to preserve national uh, security, but also defense superiority. Hmm. To me, that seems pretty plausible, especially compared to the theory that it's aliens. So all of these patents and declassified documents, here's the brilliance. Here's the brilliance of the Pentagon strategy. They've been hiding this information in plain sight. They knew that if they hid this and it got leaked, it would blow the lid off. But if they just slowly leak out these patents and they end up in front matter of tech magazines, uh, uh, it, it, it is a perfect cover for uh, a disinformation campaign to lead the public to think that this is something else that is unrelated to defense project. That's my theory. And what again, I, what it, I learned through hearing all that is. It's amazing what you can find at the bottom of large pools. Oh, it's my God. If you dive <laughs> deep enough and look around enough, 
the stuff that falls out of these mesh pockets is amazing. This man awesome. just gave you a whole, he just laid out this whole thing for like <laughs> 25 minutes. You talking about the bottom of a fictitious pool. Bro. Deep dives, man. Fictitious Deep dives pool, can reveal a lot of stuff. Jesse, this is Pretty some amazing. good investigative journalism right here. I'm with you, Jesse. I rock with you. I rock with you, bro. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, yeah, though. For sure. If anyone wants to see imagery, again, from declassified patents filed by defense agencies, you can go, you can actually go look at them online. And again, that's part of the brilliance we'll of this put, We'll link to them on strategy. the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. We'll, yeah. we'll put the links there. And I'll share them with my son. There okay. you go. He'll so there happy. we go. There we go. All right. And, and boomers are too sensitive. <laughs> so chill out. <laughs> well, you're, because they're dropping stuff in the pool and you're telling all their secrets. So they're all like I, rattled yeah, exactly. right now. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'm just, right. gonna vacuum, I'm just gonna vacuum your pool, uh, Mr. <laughs> neighbor who works for the Pentagon. No big deal. It, finders keepers down there, right? <laughs> finders keepers down there. All right, what do you have, Jamie? Okay, so this is way different from what we just heard from Jesse. But have any of you guys, y'all aren't Texas people, but have you ever been to the Texas State Fair? Yeah. No, uh, no I haven't been to the Texas State Fair. I've been to Tennessee okay, State here's, Fair. This is embarrassing what I'm about to say is that I am a Texan. I've lived here my whole life and I've never been to the fair, but it's my goal this year I want to go. But one thing I know about the Texas State Fair is that they fry everything. Like you can eat like fried everything. Mm-hmm. Like a, I think that's most state fairs though. Okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. This is a state fair fried thing. Oreos, fried Oreos. Fried yeah, fried pickles, funnel cake, yeah. fried pickles, mm-hmm. all Which, that. Yeah, I love all fried food. It. I'm like here for this. Like I love mm-hmm. it so much. But there for is sure. something that is, uh, it's not necessarily new because it's been happening for a while. But it's getting a little traction with the COVID. Remember last year in COVID, everyone's like, they're going to make that pasta feta dish, or they're going to make bread, or we're going to try to do all these things that we find online. But mm-hmm. here's this, guys. Are you ready for this? People are deep yeah. frying water. White people are deep frying water. Just make sure that you, <laughs> okay. you clarify that. Again, Wait, that again, makes no, no sense. I just, j- j- Ice? Jamie, I just talked about I just talked about nuclear fusion. One person deep frying. I've spent the last news. three weeks <laughs> looking at patents of hyperfusion uh, particle accelerators uh, uh, for new means of jet propulsion. And this is more confusing. How do you deep fry water? <laughs> it's very confusing because oil Oil and water, they don't mix, right? right. It's right. not a thing. I would think, yeah. We would think. And so in this article that I have here about deep frying water, it is very weird and it's very strange. And it's not just like you take water from your faucet and fry it because that's impossible, right, right? Right. But they have all these chemicals and it makes like a gelatin-like substance. So you really have this like almost jelly molded thing that you're frying. So it's water. But it has chemicals in it, all these big words that I can't really say, that binds the water in a liquid membrane, and then you can fry it. So it's not good for and you, pe- clearly, right? It's fried. I mean, but it's like why would you, you do it? Water. But, but the the manipulated water is the thing that I'm more scared of. It's like I don't want to eat like gel yeah, stuff, all the stuff oh, that's yeah. in chemicals it. and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Ew. But this is it's it's. Do people are doing it on TikTok. Also, what would people that taste like? There's- I mean, like the whole thing of fried food is you're biting into something. It, water has no taste. Like what? Just y'all make sure y'all season it, put some salt on it, it, and all that. Maybe if you're trying to, you know, you're trying to watch what you eat, but you like fried food, you just got fried water. I don't know. Okay, here's the thing, Jamie. I, at, at, at some point in the COVID process, when 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 we weren't eating out as much and my Uber Eats pills were 
Way you know, rivaling yeah. my mortgage, um, we decided <laughs> we decided to invest in an air fryer. Okay, yeah. you know, oh, well, we know we you cured we allergies. Heard about it. Yeah. We heard about and it, and I don't know how this device works. All I know is I put food in, I turn it on, and it comes out perfectly crispy and fried. Okay, it makes me think like, what's if 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 you can if you can in a traditional fry fry water and consume it. How does this air fryer not fry in the air? Like, how can I not be like, hey, that's cool. You got fried water. I got fried air over here. <laughs> well, it's like your your statue that we talked about last week. It's like, you, what, why do we have fried water here? But it's also it's also making other people fry Kool-Aid, dry ice. Mm. I mean, I think it's just people trying to be Black dumb people and funny might be and frying Kool-Aid and I ain't going to even hold you. That, <laughs> See? That we might there be you go. I know. That, that sounds... But All wait, right. why would wait okay. frying dried ice though? The d- dried ice I thought can kill you. It's dangerous. Yeah, can't that yeah, kill I know. you? This, yeah, I don't know why. I I don't know why people I are doing this. Hopefully they're this not. This is called natural it. selection. If they're if you're a person who's gonna <laughs> deep fry dry ice, <laughs> let nature run natural its course. Selection. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is a Tide Pod challenge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hey man, each his own. The world will be better at the end of this journey. You know what I mean? No, no, no. The, the people that advance humanity forward. Throughout history, are the ones who are willing to risk their own lives for the sake of seeing yeah. what would happen if we <laughs> drop some dried ice in a deep fryer and then try to eat yeah. it. You know, if it wasn't for people that were wired to try things like that, you know, Where we wouldn't would we even be? have the wheel right now. Okay, <laughs> sometimes you got to roll the dice a little because technology, technological advancements stop for no one. Okay. Right. Right. Someone's <laughs> dropping fried up. Someone is going to try it. Okay. At some point, somebody in some human is going to be like, dude, I should drop some some dry ice in the fryer to see what happens. See what happens. I should oh. eat it to see what it tastes like. It's either going to be, it's either going to be you, you, you enterprising uh, a fry person or somebody else. It might as well be you. I, I appreciate these efforts. Jamie. Humanity. We got probably about, we probably got about 20 more years left. between the flying saucers and the people that are frying dried ice or or i know y'all saw the video of the girl talking about the covid vaccine turns you magnetic oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) poor baby she was trying to put the key on her neck and it wasn't sticking (laughs) okay what's funny about that what's funny about that is like i've heard two different conspiracies about the magnetic vaccines you know because some people are like go get a kitchen if you go get a kitchen magnet and jam it on the site of your buddy's uh, 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 vaccination, you know, it's still spot oil on their in arm. your skin, guys. And it's like, well, this lady's trying metal. Other people say it's the magnets. Which one is it? Like, <laughs> it does it does it make me magnetized, or does it inject metals that make me, you know, susceptible? I to just want to be Magneto. Just that's all I want to do. Just <laughs> I just want to be like the X Men and fly and all that stuff. Thank like, you. Because what I was thinking is, she's actually incentivizing vaccines. That's- I not only protect. <laughs> From, from COVID nineteen, I now have magnetic powers. Cool, <laughs> I can fly. That's, that should be one of their incentives. How they're giving money away and guns. Uh-huh. They should be like, guess what? And super turn into a superhero. Yeah, West superpowers. Virginia, you yeah, hear that? You already giving out guns. You're giving out a million dollars. Now just tell people you turn them into X Men, and and man, I, the whole state will be vaccinated tomorrow. Yep. Feel me? All right. What do you have, Derek? Since Jesse stole my slice and just blew over my slice about the boomers being hypersensitive, I had to find oh, I'm sorry, I had to Derek. find another one. But I'm glad I did. So how many people here have bought a home in the last couple of years? You know, you know, or, or you've been looking at home prices and see mm-hmm. that they're going up. 
Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason they're going up. Crazy there's a pension. There's a uh, company called BlackRock and several other trillion dollar companies are buying homes 20 to 30 percent above market value. Sometimes they're buying whole neighborhoods like so it's not it's not that I know the thing is Californians are moving out of California and going mm-hmm. to other I'll tell places. You where they're coming. Austin, Texas. But it's and, not the Californians. It's yeah. it could be the Californians or it also could be that these big trillion dollar companies are just buying all these single family units up and renting them why, out to people. Why, they're renting them? Why? Yeah, cuz the, the I mean it's it's they have the money to do it. So it's really it's capitalism being capitalist. Capitalism. It's like, hey, there's opportunity here. We're buying all of this stuff and if we buy up the home market we get to control it. The more you mm-hmm. own it, the more you get to control it. So mm-hmm. uh, it's in, it was in a Wall Street Journal. Um, it says you now have permanent uh, permanent capital competing with a young couple trying to buy a home, said mm. John Burns, whose eponymous real estate consulting firm estimates that in many of the nation's top markets, roughly one in every five houses sold is bought by someone who never moves in. That's wow. going to make Jeez. U.S. housing permanently more expensive. So here's a, this is another one. This is for you, Jamie. It says the consulting firm found Houston to be a favorite haunt of investors who have lately accounted for 24 percent of the home purchases there. Investors slice of the housing market grows as it does in other boom towns such as Miami, Phoenix and Las Vegas among properties priced below 300,000 and more. So in, in decent school districts. So in all these areas. They're buying mm-hmm. up all of these homes up to 25% in Houston. It's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So basically, if you're starting out, young couple, you have no chance of buying a house. Is what you're you have no you're chance. Right I've now. said that a thousand times. Yeah. I'm like, how does a person who graduates and has a great job and how do they buy a house in Austin, Texas? I just don't know how they do because it's impossible. People are selling their houses and getting 25 offers within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, above asking price. It is crazy. Crazy. Well, that tripped me out when it said one of five are bought by people who never move into the home. Like, that's Uh crazy. Well, but think about it. So they they overpay. This investment firm overpays by 30%. And history will tell you that the housing market will always appreciate eventually if the road's long enough. You know what I mean? Look at housing prices from the 50s to now, right? So if they're holding an asset that they overpaid for today, but it's generating income every month, and then 10 years down the road, that asset will be worth more than what they paid today. So it's an investment that will appreciate eventually and will make income the entire time you're holding it. Of course, investors would be scooping. I wish I had some of those houses. But 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 the other side of that coin is the other side of the coin is we've seen what happened when that when that bubble inflates too fast and instead of growing steadily over time, it bursts and resets. But think about it. But it resets in our lifetime. Yeah, the stock market does this too. It does burst and reset. Think about two thousand eight. You know the big short and all that. You know the housing market. But look, yeah, it took a while. But 10 years later, housing prices are way higher than they were then. So eventually, the asset that you ever paid for will be worth that or more. And it made money for you the entire time you held it. And these guys are talking. These are trillionaires. Like these aren't millionaires. Yeah, they can. They They can wait it out. That's exactly right. It's eventually going to be worth what they paid, if not more. 
Because the but the problem is the average you know couple who yeah. purchase a home and then if all of a sudden uh, the bubble bursts even if it's a temporary even if it's a temporary reset and the and the value will eventually climb mm-hmm. if you're suddenly you're sitting on a house that's technically underwater where you owe yeah, a lot cu- more than the it's couple, worth yeah then, then you're in a lot of trouble if you don't have the resources which you know yeah. there aren't a lot of people who do to be able to then manage a an upside down asset um, and you know. A lot of people, you lose the benefit of being able to utilize the equity you have in your home to to kind of secure up other assets. If if all of a sudden that asset is now worth much less than you owe on it, now you're yeah, in trouble. It, you know? Yeah, so, you're right. I mean, but the, the the big difference between twelve years ago that bubble popping and now was the the predatory lending practices back then. Yeah, that's true. Now people fixed are getting interest rates. Yeah, fixed interest rates, fifteen and thirty year mortgages, and so it's way less risky. Then back then when they were doing those uh, and after like three or five years, like they would adjustable rates, yeah, yeah. adjustable rate mortgage. And then all of a sudden their asset is worth nothing and they owe this huge mortgage on it. And that's where people were getting foreclosed on. So, man, Crazy. so thanks for the encouraging news, Derek, for all of our, you know, young couples that are starting out. Hey. <laughs> sorry, guys. Real find real a nice talk. apartment. Hey, that's all we're saying. Sorry, Just sorry, find hey, real, real talk. Okay, Get real talk. Tiny home. Real okay, real talk. I don't know if I have to disclose this. I don't know how this works, but like because I'm not a financial expert, I have no skin in this game. I hold no aerospace uh s- stock. But if I were looking, if I were objectively looking at where y- you know you could make an investment right now, I don't think it would be a bad call to at least have something in a company like Lockheed Martin or because this now that the 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 horses have sort of left the barn with this aerospace technology. If it is in fact uh, terrestrial aerospace technology, it will eventually uh, uh, come to the private sector. And if stuff is already kind of being leaked and being made public, private industries are going to try to do their best to sort of reverse engineer what they now know is possible. I think aerospace technology uh, uh, investments is one area that is likely to go up in the next few years. So what you're saying is since you can't afford to invest in a house, buy aerospace aerospace stocks. Yeah. But but we're not advising because we could get into a lot of trouble for that. So you're you're, you're just a friend. I'm just saying, I'm just saying how, look, look, if, 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 if any news story ultimately presents an opportunity, you know, you take it, roll a dice and invest in flying saucer tech. I mean, you can't invest in a house. Can't invest right, in a house right. anymore. They're right. out of reach. Why don't I take my moonshot here, literally with a with with technology <laughs> that can go to the moon? I like it. I like it. Okay, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Christine Kane joins us. Listening to John Summit and Parachute Youth, the song is better than this. Well, today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. In 2021, mental health is finally a thing we can talk about. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. And guess what? Therapy helps. It doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So, what is therapy exactly? 
It's whatever you want it to be. You can talk privately to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with stress or if you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. And right now, BetterHelp is offering a special offer for relevant podcast listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash relevant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash relevant to save 10% off your first month. Well, if you've been following along for the last couple of months, we've been doing a content series called Quarter Life, specifically focused on the issues and topics you tackle in your 20s. Everything from career to faith, relationships, mental health, wellness, so much more. We're talking to well-known authors, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, and others. We're doing it to encourage and inspire you to make the most of this season of life. We do a new article at relevantmagazine.com every Tuesday and Thursday and have a conversation with leaders and influencers here on every podcast. Go check it out. The quarter life section at relevantmagazine.com. The 12 week series is sponsored by our friends at UHSM. As you're rethinking everything in your twenties, you should rethink your healthcare as well. Go check out what UHSM is doing. It's revolutionary. Well, our quarter life conversation today is with a person who needs no introduction, Christine Kane. She's an author, activist, sought after speaker. She's known for her ability to effectively communicate a message of hope. She has a heart for reaching the loss, strengthening leadership, and championing the cause of justice. With her husband, Nick, she co-founded the A21 campaign to fight human trafficking and uh, propel women to encourage women to reach their full potential. She recently talked to us about how easily we can fall into spiritual burnout without even realizing it happened, how to keep our guard up, and what to do when we get there. Here's part of our conversation with Christine Kane. Tell me sort of the, the origin story of the book, why you decided to write on this topic. You know, the two anchor things, I think, obviously, was the loss of my mom and I, and the loss of a friendship. I think those two things, for a kid that was abandoned, abused, adopted, that, that rejection, it just triggered a lot of the things. At the same time, I don't know if you remember, Tyler, but the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, was a little bit of a volatile time here in North America. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that, we slept that, through it. I'm not sure. Feels like 100 years. <laughs> ago but i do but it, it does ring about yeah. yeah but it was like you know subsequent to that like subsequently to that we've had a lot yeah. going on but it was sort of the beginning of where uh, of the visible shaking like there had been okay. a shaking i'd say going on for years before that but it was like oh my gosh we're all starting to see the tower is crumbling whatever that might be and so you know of course there was the political stuff and um there was everything else but it was like so and and when you um have a public profile of sorts 
you know, suddenly everyone thinks you're an expert on everything and everyone wants right. an opinion on everything. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. really, I, I do not have a degree on every subject on earth. <laughs> um, and just the weight of it all. I think sometimes people forget that you're a real person. And, you know, and in the midst of that, you're sure. running, you got a job, you're making mistakes, you're trying to get stuff right. You're, you're, you're just a human being that is getting through all of this. Anyway, so... I, there was this one day I went in, um, Nick was watching, it was a documentary on this thing called Hell Week. And I didn't know that the Navy, before you get in the Navy SEALs, you go into this Hell Week thing where they try to break you down. So for one week, you you basically don't sleep. This guy's yelling at you the whole time, telling you you're a loser. And then the, you carry all these things. And the whole goal is to get you to um, ring the bell, to just go, I'm out. So like Mentally, you know, just like, I'm not doing it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to make so as i'm watching this i am um, i start to cry you know it's not many people mm. are going to cry during hell week in the night watching it and um and we just not and then nick goes you know what's up and i said i think this is how i feel it was then that journey of going i realized in my own heart when i say i've drifted not like drifted from obedience to christ but i had drifted from a true passion for my purpose. I drifted from the mission of going, I'm going to go, you know, foot on the gas all the way till I go home kind of thing. Whatever that might mean, you know, that could mean anything. It made me really have to dig deep, deep to go, where really am I anchored? Um, If as a 55-year-old woman speaking to, you know, at this point, still some of the younger generation are listening, Mm -hmm. what is it that I've got to say? Um, because it's not about my achievements or accomplishments. It's like, you know, man, if you are going to run this race and finish this course and not drift, this is what I've got for you. This is the only stuff that I know that is going to keep you um, anchored. If you could go back and sort of prep Chris in 2015 for what was coming, what would you tell her that could maybe have have kept you anchored instead of that could have kept you and, and prepared you at a spiritual level for the storms that you were about to go through as we all go through storms eventually? Well, Tyler, I would I would kind of flip that a bit because I think the reason I didn't drift out to sea is because of the practices I had developed. A lot of other things that I had hoped would keep me, whether it was relationships, systems, structures. No, they didn't. Like if that mm-hmm. was, if my trust was there, I'd be out to sea with everybody else. But um, as I, I go through and, and talk about the value of, you know, the word and prayer and church and healing and trusting God. I mean, we're talking basic biblical truths and I, I hope I've unpacked them in a way that is really going to help people to think no matter where they are, whether they think they're out of sea right now <laughs> or whether they don't even realise they're drifting because that mm-hmm. is the most dangerous thing. And I keep saying it, you'll hear me say it a hundred times, all you have to do to drift is nothing. Like in this period, if we all just are not proactively going, I better check my anchor, check the links in my chain and go, you know what, am I really rooted and grounded in Christ? And some of these things that I think are negotiable, does church really matter? Does reading the Bible really matter? Does praying really matter? Does community really matter? Um, you know, does gossip really matter? Does slander really matter? Does mm-hmm. sleeping around really matter? Does this, all the stuff that we think does it, I'm like, y'all need to check the links in your chain because some of the stuff that we are flippant with 
Um, when a Category 5 hurricane comes, and it will come for all of us, um, you know, I think being part of a life-giving community is um, very, very important because I wouldn't have made it alone. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 and you know, you think, wow, you know, I've been doing this for a lot of decades. I'm on the front lines doing this. Yeah. But the, the practice of gathering, um, I think, is is so it's so important. It's not just a token thing. In that season, Tyler, to be honest, I, there were times I couldn't take myself to Jesus. I needed someone oh. to carry mm-hmm. me, you know, and drop me at the feet of Jesus and go. So I think that's very, very important. I think in our day and age to not devalue the importance of prayer. I know, you know, I speak to a generation and oftentimes they'll say to me, does prayer really even matter? Does God really even listen? Does it even make a difference? I mean, look at the state of the world. You know, and I've had many a young people like, are you serious, Chris? Do you really believe that, that prayer uh, makes a difference? And my thing is, I still, 30 years in intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, um, I can tell you it's real. I just want to encourage people and go, the anchor, Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul. He He is worthy. He is faithful. He is just. And um, kind of in all of our wondering and all of our drifting, we've got to set that anchor down then. was Christine Kane. Her new book, How Did I Get Here, is available now. And go read the feature we have with her in the brand new issue of Relevant. The summer issue, it's out now. And we have a fantastic feature with Christine in that issue. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com slash magazine. Check it out. to Mo. The song is Live to Survive. Makes sense. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, our buddy, uh, artist, songwriter, Phil LaRue was on our trip in Wyoming with us. And he's based in Nashville. He's been influential in creating some of the biggest hits on the Christian chart over the last two decades, uh, writing and working with artists like Jars of Clay and 10th Avenue North. He also creates his own music, and he just released a three-song collection called Night Swimming, which is available now. We want to bring him on and introduce these songs to you and hear a little bit of the story behind them. Here is Philip LaRue. For people that are 
listening like most of my time spent is like the guy you don't hear about like I'm the songwriter behind the scenes, you know. I get to I write a lot of songs for a lot of amazing artists, and and it's been an incredible thing to um, to be the guy that you don't hear about or think about, and to serve other people's stories. But just like the last like three four years, I felt re challenged to release my own music, and really went through a, like an unexpected season of brokenness and. I music became therapeutic for me all over again to process my pain to to process my own questions um, and I wrote a lot of sad songs <laughs> and it was really it was really it was really good for me to do you know for my own heart and my own soul the idea behind that that record that EP night swimming it was my producer and I Andrew Petroff and I were like we imagined like taking a night drive you know i was like i want to put myself like i want to go for a night drive with my wife lisa and what would i feel it's also like interchange like um interchanges talking about like i didn't expect to be on this journey but now that i'm with you i just i want to embrace it and fully be present and kind of like this idea of let's get in the car together and let's take a drive let's talk about the hard things the beautiful things and let's let's be together I want to make something that matters, you know, even if it just matters to me, it has to matter. And I think that's risky because as a creative and as an artist, I feel like the greatest songs are either birthed out of great pain or great joy. And then there's so many other songs in between, but the ones that we remember are either birthed out of great pain or great joy. And so I tried to remind myself that and so these three songs were birthed out of um joy and romance and love and you know getting allowing my heart to get swept away again which is really risky so i think um i'm trying to celebrate my wife in a in a way that honors her and celebrates her and 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 trying to honor romance as scared as i am about it i, I do want to dive in and not be afraid you know i want to go i want to go into the deep even though i you know it's love is a scary risky thing You know, magic is so fun because I, uh, we got into a big argument um, and I can't even remember what we were arguing about. It was something petty or, you know, I probably did something stupid or I can't remember. But anyways, I was reflecting on what a gift she was. And it's the first song I've ever written out lyrically first. Usually I'm, you know, in my studio and I'm on my piano or I'm on my guitar, you know, and melodies are happening and I... And I was, I wrote her this poem, you know, called Magic. And it was just about her and 
and how she really is feels at times like magic because she was unexpected i wasn't didn't see it coming and i feel like she and you know the chorus alludes the fact like one touch and she puts me back together again and i think that there was parts of me that were fragmented and broken and she's been part of you know piecing some things together that needed to be healed and so i wrote out this you know i sent her this poem and i was going to be in the studio the next day and i could kind of already hear the song in my head and it was the first time i've ever done that where it's all lyrics first Phil LaRue. Go check out Night Swimming. It's available now wherever you get your music. And stay tuned. Up next, it's our game. I know a guy who claims that he is from a different planet. My friend's house is nice, but she will still take that for granted. Listening to Modest Mouse, the song is Leave a Light On. Okay, it's time for a game that our very own Tyler Huckabee wrote before he left for vacation. Okay, so Derek, you know Tyler's into superhero stuff like you, and so he was really excited this week about the release of Marvel's new series, Loki. Loki. Yeah. 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 And then when when Tyler pitched this game idea to me, and he started with Loki. I'm like, oh man, seriously. And he's like, no, no, no. Loki's he, dope. What are you he talking was like, about? He was, like, he was like, wait, no, no, this isn't about superheroes. Yeah. So the idea isn't about superheroes. So just, just FYI. But Loki comes out and then uh, the number one film in the country right now is Cruella. So it's a big week for... I've seen it. Is that going to help me? Is it good? I don't, and I'm just saying, Loki's a bad guy. Cruella's okay. a, uh, you know, the villain. So it's a big week for bad guys. That's really the Got point. It. Is that it's gonna, gotcha. This okay. summer is the summer that it's good to be bad. Um, oh, <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. That's what he wrote right, That's what he wrote right there. Uh, it's good to be bad. But how good? Now, this is the game. How good do you know bad? In this game, we're going to test your knowledge of the best of the bad. So twirl your mustache, poison your apples, and dust off your flying broomstick. Because in this game, the only way to win big is to get bad. That's Tyler Huckabee's copy, everybody. I love that. He's amazing. <laughs> Pretty good. He's Pretty good. He got it. Wow. All right, so what we're going to do is I got I got a list of questions that are going to be multiple choice. All three of you are going to play. So here you go. You're all against each other, every man and woman for themselves. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the question. I'm going to give you options, and I'm going to go around the horn, and y'all pick your answer, okay? And then Clark. I'm just going to uh, copy what Jesse says. Yeah, <laughs> but see, I'm, I'm you might be play, sitting next to the kid who fails strategy. the math test, and you're yeah, exactly. copying the wrong person. I'm a big faker. I'm a big faker, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, first question: In 2019, audiences and critics flocked to Todd Phillips's The Joker, the grim, gritty exploration of the true origins of Gotham City's. Crown Prince of Crime. Joaquin Phoenix won an Oscar for the role, the second actor to win an Oscar for playing Batman's arch nemesis after the late great Heath Ledger. Which other two actors have won an Oscar for the same character? 
okay, for playing the same character. Is it A, Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro for Vito Corleone in The Godfather? Is it B, Charlton Heston and Jack Houston for Ben-Hur in Ben-Hur? Is it C, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert Redford for Jay Gatsby in The Great Gatsby? Or D, John Malkovich and Matt Damon for Tom Ripley in The Talented Mr. Ripley? Let's go around the horn. Jesse, which one do you pick? Uh I, I'm I'm I feel pretty confident about A on this one. A. All right. Derek. A. Jamie. I, I hand to the heavens, I promise. I was gonna pick A as well. All right. The correct answer is A. Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro for Vito Corleone and the Godfather. That, Come so on, Tyler, Tyler said, step up that game. Step up Tyler that said, game. Tyler said it's gonna hey, start. Jesse, said, don't think, don't say that because you know he'd I, I think Tom he sandbagged. I think he sandbagged the first one to get our. He coffee. did. That's what he told me. Yeah, that's exactly. What he did. All right, here we go. In 1992, and the hit, the Candyman. Audiences were introduced to a hook-handed, honeybee-wielding spook who menaced any unsuspecting residents of Chicago who dared say his name five times in a mirror. That movie's modern-day remake will release later this year to terrorize a new generation with hook-handed antics and a new swarm of bees. It's a good thing, too, because honeybees are perishing at an alarming rate. What percentage of honeybee hives are estimated to have been wiped out in the U.S. this last winter? Is it A, 20% of the honeybee hives wiped out in the U.S.? Is it B, 30%, C, 40%, or D, 50%? Jamie, we'll start with you. <laughs> I think it's so funny that this started with the movie this and now we have to figure out. It do it completely a related story. <laughs> this is classic, Tyler. I'm just going to guess 40%, whatever letter that was. I don't know. 40% is C. Uh, Derek, what's C your answer? B. All right, 30%. And Jesse? The new Candyman remake will be directed by Jordan Peele, an acclaimed director. Also, banana peels. They contain what percentage of edible calories in the average banana? Derek, we'll start with you. <laughs> no. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a twenty percent. Okay, the correct answer is Jamie C. Forty percent of honeybee hives were estimated to have been wiped out this past winter in the U.S. So forty percent. So maybe invest in honey futures. Uh, or, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we're All right, here we go. Honey and honey and flying saucers. Okay. <laughs> old, what was the what, what was the John Maynard Keynes guns and butter? The the modern version <laughs> of that is honey and flying saucers. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, next question. As Broadway opens back up in the Big Apple, audiences are f uh, flocking back to see Wicked, the reimagined origin story of Dorothy's foe in The Wizard of Oz, which casts the Wicked Witch of the West as a misunderstood outcast who nevertheless teams to defy gravity with the help of her friends and rivals. Since its Broadway debut in 2003, Wicked has gone on to huge acclaim, becoming the second highest grossing musical of all time, behind what other stage show? Is it A, The Phantom of the Opera, B, Cats, C, Rent, or D, The Lion King? Derek, we'll start with you. What was the choices again? Phantom of the, Phantom Opera, of the Opera, Cats, Rent, or The Lion King? I'm going with the kitty cats, B. All right, uh, Jesse. I'm going to say Lion King. Okay, and Jamie. Phantom of the Opera. The correct answer is The Lion King. Jesse knows his Broadway. He knows his... The only reason uh, I know is because, like... Well, how is that the most? It's, it's been around for, like, 10 well, years. But you got to think But you gotta think ticket prices, too. It's like box office oh, receipts are way different now. I feel like Phantom oh, of the Opera is, like, classic. Everyone wants yeah, to but see Yeah, but that was the 80s ticket prices. This is... Now they're paying 150 bucks for a bad seat, you know? And, and, and the other thing, That's too, good. is I don't know how... I don't know Makes how, sense. like, all the... 
math was calculated, but anecdotally, I know that when I was a kid, I went to the Lion King at like our local, uh, you know, Chrysler Hall or the little theater yeah. in town. I went on two field trips to see the Lion King in two different ways. <laughs> there was a bus yeah. load. There was like eight bus loads <laughs> for every show, you know? Yeah. I think on field trip revenue alone, they have crushed it because That's teachers a, are good. teachers are like sweet we get out of the classroom for a little while well what's the safe choice what is no parents gonna complain okay yeah. phantoms rent. we don't it's want not rent. we don't yeah yeah, rent. No. We, 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 yeah we, we don't want to introduce you know complex residential housing uh, politics <laughs> into the classroom we can't talk about phantoms i know that you know <laughs> get, the, get the lion king kids in here just busload after busload you know all right, yeah, Clark, what's the score? So it's Jesse two, Derek one, Jamie two. There you go. All right, next question. In the first movie, God's Not Dead, college student Josh Wheaton is plagued by cultural pressure and inner doubt when his evangelical beliefs are put to the test by the evil Professor Radisson, the atheist philosophy prof played by Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo may have been bad in this movie, but he's best known for playing the heroic Hercules in the late 90s television adaptation of The Strongman from classic mythology. The show was so popular that it spawned several spinoffs, including Young Hercules, in which our teenage hero was portrayed by what modern day A-lister? Was it Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Hemsworth, Ryan Gosling, or Chris Evans? Jesse, we'll start with you. Young Hercules spinoff played by one of those four actors. He went from God's Not Dead, him being a bad guy in God's Not Dead, to Hercules, to a spinoff of Hercules. It's it's, it's not even... Can you read them one more yeah, time? Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Hemsworth, Ryan Gosling, or Chris Evans? I'm going to say... I'm going to go... Man, this is tough. This is... I don't know. I'm actually going to throw a flyer. Hemsworth. Can I also say that a, a listicle that Tyler and I collaborated on many years ago that was titled Nine Spooktacular Costume to Wear to This Year's Harvest Party. We suggested one of them. And this is, a, this is at the height of the God's Not Dead. This was like the uh -huh. year it came out. Uh -huh. We said that you should go as zombies Kevin Sorbo. And we said that in life, he molded young minds. In death, he will beat them. <laughs> and so he dies at the end of God's Not Dead. He died at the end of God's Not Dead. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. All right, Jamie, what's your answer? Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Hemsworth, Ryan Gosling, or Chris Evans? I'm guessing Jake Gyllenhaal. All right. And Derek? Going Ryan Gosling. Correct answer? Ryan Gosling. Derek got that. All right, no. next question. Here we go. In The Wire, the real bad guy is society. As David Simon's defining prestige drama plums the depths of crime and corruption in Baltimore through the lens of the people trying to navigate the complications of contemporary life through mazes of political intrigue, bad apples in the police department, systemic injustice, and human greed. The show launched the careers of countless character actors and a few more so than Michael K. Williams, who got his first acting gig when which well-known rapper said Williams looked menacing enough to, quote, be my little brother. Was the rapper the notorious B.I.G., Tupac Shakur, Dr. Dre, or Toby Mac? Jamie, we'll start with you. Can you tell me the year that this happened? This is going to help me. Uh, no. Is that it would have been, the, been the 90s because the wire started at the end of the 90s. And so he no, got a... We're still alive then? Everybody in the list was alive when they said, would have said this to, That's what to I was, Michael I was going to see if there was a loophole. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 
Notorious B.I.G. Okay, Derek. Man, what's the list again, bro? So Michael K. Williams, <laughs> his first acting gig was in a music video because the rapper said, you could be my little brother. You look like you could be my little brother. And the, the list is Notorious B.I.G., Tupac Shakur, Dr. Dre, or Toby Mac. Which it would help me if I knew who this guy was. He was in The Wire. Michael K. Williams or whatever. He was in The I Wire. Know, I don't know that. I don't know this. Um, He's an iconic bad guy. Iconic bad guy I in know, The Wire. I'm going, I'm going Dre. Okay. I'm gonna, and I'm Jesse? Gonna say, I'm going to say, you come at the king, you best not miss. Dr. Dre. Let's do Uh-oh. it. Uh, if you know what Michael K. Williams looks like with that scar There's and Pac. stuff, it's Pac. Tupac Shakur. Yep. Pac. I didn't know if Pac was alive during that time. I'm going to keep it gangster. That's why I was yeah. trying to ask. Yep. I was thinking, but I mean, Pac, yeah, definitely. All right. All right, next question. In 1992, Nintendo introduced Wario, the sinister counterpart to Mario and Luigi's video game exploits with fire flowers, Koopa Troopers, and invincible stars. With his zigzag mustache, burly arms, and snide demeanor, Wario frustrates the Mario Brothers' attempts to rescue Princess Peach and bring peace to the Mushroom Kingdom. That's been Mario's goal since his very first appearance in 1981 when he debuted in the original Donkey Kong arcade game under what name was the character's name that eventually became Mario? Was it Mr. Plumber, Guido, Jumpman, or King Peach? Derek, we'll start with you. You went from the bad guy Wario (laughs) to Mario Brothers to the debut... First time we saw the character. Anytime, right anytime there's that much context for a question, I know. Man, we're in what is, but I do, I do feel like I know the answer. <laughs> I feel like I know the answer to this one. I, I, I Mr. Plumber, Guido, Jumpman, or King Peach? The Plumber, Guido, Jumpman, or King Peach? That yeah, was the original. It's like a clue game. Yep. The Plumber. Okay. Jesse? Jumpman. And Jamie? Uh, I was going to say the plumber too, but okay. I'm, I'm nervous now because Jesse seems so confident. Uh, the, the the character was first known in 1981 as Jumpman. There you go. Jesse got the point. All right. Where are we it's at, nerd Clark? Stuff. We- I've been friends with Tyler too long. He brings this kind of stuff up conversationally. <laughs> Tyler, how you doing, man? How's, how's life in Nashville? Good. Do you know 1981, the original uh, <laughs> name for Mario Jumpman? Anyway, things are good. Family's good. Um, hey, by the way, the honeybee population declined by uh, 40%, 40% last year. Yeah. What's going on in your life? Do you, do you still back in the pools recreationally? Just see what's down there? <laughs> uh, what's, the, what's the score? Okay, so but- Jamie and Derek are tied. Jesse is leading with three. Derek and Jimmy have two. And they have, they have two, two each? All right. They have two. Okay. So here's the final question, the seventh question, and it's worth two points. So if Jesse gets it wrong and y'all get it right, one of you could win. Here we go. That's right. Here's the, here it is. Lucifer, the morning star of creation, was cast out of heaven by God and the angels and has been the enemy of Wait, creation on, ever since. What movie since. was this? What, what, what movie was this? I'm not the familiar with this story. The ultimate bad guy. The ultimate <laughs> bad guy, Lucifer. Um, during the Middle Ages, the Knights Templar were accused of worshipping a half-goat, half-human creature known as Baphomet. And, and physical traits like goat hooves, a tail, and horns soon became associated with popular depictions of the devil. Ironically, the goat is also used to mean the greatest of all time, a designator recently bestowed on U.S. gymnast Simone Biles for perfecting her signature move, the Biles, which is a a triple twist, double somersault, a double twist, triple somersault, a double flip, backward somersault, (laughs) or a cartwheel twist, 
Double um, backflip. A, B, C, or D. Oh, my gosh. I just read about this, but all those Derek words, I don't so know. so mad right now. They all He's sound the same. All those moves sound impossible, you know? And <laughs> they I, all sound and the here's same, the thing. too. I saw a clip of her performing this maneuver. I, you know, yeah. I saw, like, the gif of it, you know, or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm... I couldn't even tell what happened in the air. I was just very impressed. <laughs> I just saw that. I mean, it was like it was like in the cartoons where the Tasmanian devil just starts spinning it's and it's so just fast. like just limbs and, and, and air. Like that's yeah. what it's like. You're like, wow, I don't I have no idea what you did in the air, but I know it was very Derek very looks so mad or bored or so I don't know what, but <laughs> Bro, that mother bu- had nothing to do <laughs> with Lucifer, <laughs> bro. Like I'm just like, bro, why is you just get the <laughs> Uh, the, goat, the goat was I the depiction Tyler's of Satan, games. and then and then the goat <laughs> is also the greatest of all time. I, and Simone Biles is the goat. Here's what I'm proposing. True. I, True. I, I'm, I'm proposing we all just pick a letter and just roll with it here. We got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what is, because I know, there's no, no reason to be. Derek, uh, Derek is saying gonna, confidently. Derek saying that the Biles is a double twist, triple somersault. <laughs> B. Uh, okay, Jesse. I'm gonna go A. Oh, whatever that is. Triple twist, double (laughs) somersault is what Jesse chose. Okay, and... I'm going with C. Double flip, backward somersault. All right, the correct answer. And the winner of the game is A. Jesse, the Biles is a triple twist, (laughs) double double somersault. There you go. Listen, the the only reason... Real talk, real talk, guys. That was all bluff. Uh, The real reason I know that is because it's been spent a lot of time vacuuming uh, uh, pools (laughs) for people who work for the Pentagon. Yeah. Came across a pretty sweet high dive. I pulled up the bios. And guys, you're not going to believe it. I nailed it. I nailed it nailed off this guy's high dive. And I also found some pretty sensitive national security uh, uh, secrets in the skimmer baskets. So I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on over there. All right. Well, congratulations. Oh, oh, my gosh. And, you know, here's the thing. There's actually a lot more questions. I just like, they're so dense. I'm just, I'm pulling the cord. I'm pulling the cord right now. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. That'll do it for... I'm going to fight Tyler, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to give it to him, though. I mean, this Fist is intense. Like, it, this is good. This is good game right Can you imagine here. being on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, we, and they're like, oh, sweet. This is a question about Lucifer. I actually have a degree in theology. Let's hear it, Regis. And you're like, are you kidding me, bro? Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't, what, 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 what friend would I phone? Okay? That, that knows the intricacies of a, of a gymnastics move that was invented a week ago. Okay? Right. Who am I going to call? Who would know that? When he went, When it went to the goat, I was just like, oh, man. Like I was twisting, uh, I was reading it live, twists and turns. I had no idea where it was going to end up either, bro. I was oh, so I had oh so gosh. much anxiety about the last question, bro. Like I'm just like, bro, what is he about to say? <laughs> oh man! All right, well that'll do it for the new game, oh. the bad guy. Well, it's the year of the bad guy. Maybe it'll make a reappearance. Who knows? Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I want to thank Christine Kane for joining us today. Make sure to check out her new book, How Did I Get Here? It's available now. Also. Make sure to read our feature with her in the summer issue of Relevant. Just came out this week. Don't want to miss it. It's available at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab right there at the top. Thank you also to our buddy Philip LaRue for uh, joining us. Go check out his new three song collection. It's called Night Swimming. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Also, make sure to go check out our quarter life section when you're at the site. Uh, right now, we're offering a new free ebook called the Quarter Life Handbook. When you go over there, it's a free download, features amazing insights and practical advice from leaders ranging from Sean Equist to Scott Harrison and so many more. It's an amazing resource and it's available for free, just like the entire Quarter Life series. Thanks to our friends at UHSM. 
Hey, also make sure to check out the Deeper Walk daily devotionals that we're doing. Every morning, uh, we post a new one. We also have a Deeper Walk podcast. If you are more of a listener than a reader, it's uh, we, we have a daily email that goes out uh, for Deeper Walk. We have them on the site and go check out the Deeper Walk podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's really great. I listen to it every morning. It's good. On the note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. Roll a dice and invest in flying saucer tech. Relevant Podcast Network.